Welcome to Cannabis Health Radio, a podcast where we share stories from people around the world who are using cannabis as medicine. The information is meant to raise awareness about the health benefits of cannabis, which should not be taken as medical advice. Now, here are your hosts, Ian Jessup and Corey Yelland. And we welcome you to another Cannabis Health Radio podcast. I'm Ian Jessup. And I'm Corey Yelland. Corey, before we get started, I want to read a review that we got from our last podcast, Tammy and Bob. Tammy and Bob discussed Bob's pancreatic cancer, which he had stage four pancreatic cancer, and he no longer does it. And Adam sent this to us. He said, fantastic interview. Thank you for sharing your journey, Bob and Tammy. You've given many a person hope by doing this, as well as knowledge for their own battle, a priceless gift. Ian, Corey, another fabulous interview. I live through your podcasts each week. I hope you know how many people's lives you're saving and changing. With huge respect, Adam. And Adam, thank you very much for that. We greatly appreciate it. And we appreciate anyone who wants to write a review. And uh, if you do write a review and you like us on your social media platform, how does this work, Corey? You get lots of likes and you move up. And And you win a million dollars. Oh, that would be nice. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. And if you have a million dollars, you can join Patreon. (laughs) Now, let's get to our guest. When our guest today was diagnosed with stage four breast cancer in May of last year, she was only 39 years old and had a young daughter. And following the scan in May of this year, there's no evidence of cancer. How did she do it? We're about to find out. Joining us from Newfoundland, Canada, to tell her fascinating story is Becky Butt. Becky, you're the very first person I think we've ever interviewed from Newfoundland. Now, how did you discover you had breast cancer? The same as most people. I, I felt a, a lump and I went to the doctor to get it checked. They had said to me at that time that too young for a mammogram, probably not likely that it's cancer, but they sent me for an ultrasound and then the ultrasound guy sent me right to a mammogram when he when he looked and then diagnosed with cancer. Cancer. Now, being told you have breast cancer and you had a young daughter, how old was your daughter? My daughter was uh, nine. Nine. So you have a nine-year-old daughter. What kind of emotional impact did that have on you at the time? Well, at first, I thought I was like everybody else. I couldn't believe I had cancer, but you kind of just said it, it looked like early stages. They're going to do a lumpectomy. They're going to get it out, going to follow with radiation and chemo and, you know, ring that cancer-free bell. So I didn't know I was stage four until two days before I was supposed to start chemo. They called and said that it was stage four and metastasized to the liver. And the whole game plan had changed at that point. So at first, I figured I was going to pull through it. Lots of people get cancer kind of thing. But when the stage four hit, that was after the lumpectomy and after they told me it was stage one. That that was hard to take. It's hard to take when you're supposed to be too young to have a, a mammogram, but you're apparently not too young to die of breast cancer. So what was that like for you when you hear stage four, Becky? Shocking. It, it was absolutely shocking. Like I never thought that I would have 
stage four cancer. Like it's, it was shocking. Just like you were driving a hundred kilometers and I hit a brick wall, just boom. The doctors were not at all encouraging. They just said, sorry, it looks like it's in the liver. We're fairly confident. We don't need to do a biopsy of the liver. Fairly confident that is your breast cancer. So I had said to them, should I try diet and exercise changes? Like what can I do? And their exact words were, there's no need to do anything. Wow. Not very encouraging coming from the people who we trust our lives to, mm. doctors and the medical system. And, and I do believe that anybody could probably benefit from a better diet and get out and walk, but not to them. There was just no need to do anything. So that was shocking to go home and die. That was what they said. Wow. And so here you are, 39. You're a single mom, I believe, yeah. if I remember correctly. Yeah. That's got to be huge. Yeah. Yeah. It wasn't really about my life like I was going to die. It was more that I'm not even going to see my youngster graduate high school because they had said five years was probably a stretch. So what did you do next? Well, when they told me that it was stage four, I didn't eat for eight days. I fasted for eight days. That was more in a state of shock. Mm -hmm. I, of course, I did everything that everybody would do. I, I bawled. I asked why, like, how could this be? I don't understand. How could this happen? But I, I've always been a little bit hesitant of the government system, the healthcare system. I'm just that type of person. So something just snapped in me and said, no, no. Who is this oncologist, Miss 26-year-old? How does she know? So I said, no, this is not going to happen this way. Good on you. At first, I, I didn't know all about you guys. And so at first, I just started to look into the natural stuff. So diet change was the first one that I came across. So I just went on a strict diet and stuff like that. And that led me up until October when I had found you. I had found a naturopathic doctor, so she's who I consider to be my doctor, not the oncologist. And so then I found you in October, and I was lucky enough that you talked to me, and you you hooked me up with your contacts, and I do believe that that was magical. Did you know in your own mind, Becky, that somehow cannabis was the answer? As a person who is a recreational user of it, on a full-time basis. I knew that people had said it done a lot of wonders. I just didn't know about the cancer bit until I started researching more and I came across, there's always hope, a support group. And then I, mm -hmm. I came across people talking about Corey. And then I started researching into Cannabis Health Radio. And then I had seen all the success stories that you had on there. And then I was like, whoa, I'm going to have to try this. Okay, so you got your supply. Tell us how, how that went. Well, the, the first one was just, I had it written down. It looks like it was about 220 milligrams is the first order that I did. It's four to one ratio and there was suppositories and oral. So at first, you know, you're a little bit weary of the whole suppository thing. It's not like a normal kind of thing. So that was a bit weird at first, but you know, just get her done. I'm not dying. Becky, I'm trying to recall, was there a hormonal aspect to your cancer? Yes, it's estrogen positive, yes. Right, okay, so let's just be really clear for listeners here because there's so much misinformation out there as well as fear around hormone-driven breast cancer. So what we cleared Becky on was a four to one ratio 
of THC to CBD. It's important because I see a lot of people tell me that that's not right. And I just tell them to go on to Cannabis Health Radio, listen to those guys. When someone tells you it's not right, what are they referring to? The speculation is out there that hormone cancers don't benefit from cannabis or oils. And if they do, then you should try a three to one ratio, not a four to one ratio of CBD to THC. THC. I am yet to see, maybe in the entire time I've done this, maybe one person that's cleared breast cancer. I say person because I have a man with breast cancer as well, but I've known one, maybe one in 10 years of doing this, that cleared on high CBD. So much of this fear around CBD and hormone-driven breast cancer and whether or not it accelerates, THC accelerates, it all came from one poorly conducted, poorly put together, poorly analyzed study that in the end did not even meet the criteria for what is deemed a study. Some of the top cannabis doctors in the world will tell you, high THC for hormone-driven cancer. And certainly that is what we're seeing work and then and you are just one of those people that we're seeing this work on yeah and i should say that the oncologist at my stage four meeting she had asked me before if i was a cannabis user and i had said yes so she made it a point at that meeting to tell me to stop using cannabis it interferes with anything that they do and they put the fear into me like it's not going to work if you don't stop cannabis. I didn't listen to them. I say, mm-hmm, okay, mm-hmm, but I didn't listen to them. <laughs> but they tell you specifically, do not use it. Yeah. And so you started using the oil, which is a little different than smoking, isn't it? It is. Yes. Yes, it is. More powerful. Thank goodness. Yeah. How did you react to it? There's no high or anything that anybody's got to be afraid of if, if they're afraid to try it. The suppositories, you, you don't feel anything, only mm-hmm. hopefully it's working inside. But there's no worries. There's nothing to, to worry about. The oral one was 100 milligrams, and you can take that before you go to bed. So you might feel like a little bit, but you're well, going to bed. So yeah. Actually, a lot of people would feel a lot taking 100 milligrams. <laughs> Yeah, let Mr. Jessup there. I don't know. I mean, yeah, no. <laughs> the case with him. But so, how long did it take you to get to a gram? Did you work up to a gram? And when did you first get a feeling that maybe this was helping? So, I had a scan. I had found you and started to do the stuff at the end of October. And it was starting at 200 milligrams. So, I was still on about 200 milligrams then. And the scan showed nothing changed. So that was January. Nothing had changed. You still had the tumor, but it hadn't grown and it hadn't spread. Yeah. It hadn't shrunk either. Not what shrunk. I wanted to hear. Yeah. So after that scan, I just said, the heck with it. Give me the gram. So in January was when I started the gram. And then here we are in the end of May and all was gone. Of two lesions on my liver are completely gone. One was 45 by 36 millimeters and the other one was 24 by 26 millimeters. As of May, then they're gone. So it wasn't too long ago. You got the, you got the all clear. Yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't that long ago. And the oncologist is assuring me that this is coming back. Don't be <laughs> excited. Unfortunately, this is still going to be the death of me. And, you know, continue on our 
scans every two months because she's expecting it to come back. What, a, so, what an uplifting individual. They never said to me like NED. I didn't, I only know the words NED from like the support groups. She wow. never said nothing to me along those lines. She kind of flicked the paper around and said, well, there's nothing in your liver right now. Everything looks clear. That was the enthusiastic behind it. Wow. She has to be the most pessimistic individual I've ever well, heard of. This is my second one, though. This is a good one. Oh, this is the good one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, Be Becky, you're continuing on a maintenance dose, correct? Yes, yes. Good, good. Okay, good. And the suppositories are not a problem. I mean, Corey always gets questions about suppositories. People say, I'm not going to do that. Yes. And I always go back to the, the comment that Joss made yes. many years ago. Do you want to get high or do you want to die? Do you want to get high or do you want to die? So yes. he's saying that. Yeah. That was me too. When I hear people say like, oh, suppositories, I don't know. To me, I, I, I probably try to like stuff like a watermelon up there, you know? Like I don't <laughs> care. If this is curing it, if this is getting rid of it, I'm game. Yeah, and and then to be clear too, with suppositories, you don't get high, so you can go about. You were able to be a mom and do your thing and battle what was going on with your body too. And if you're thinking about the watermelon, I would cut it up first. <laughs> I know, probably not a good analogy, right? <laughs> yeah, that's right. Did you do supplements? Any kind of supplements as well, Becky? And what was your? You said you changed your diet, but what did you change your diet to? So I followed a lot at first. I came across that Chris Wark, I think it is. Curious yeah, cancer. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, so I did his his juicing. He has a recipe for juices. So I juiced a lot at first. I don't juice so much anymore now. So I, I followed his diet for the most part, kind of vegan, no processed foods, you know, just mostly fruits and vegetables type thing. Yeah. Where it's hormone driven cancers and there's a um, talk of plastics that might interfere and other kind of stuff. I started to use natural detergents and cleaners and no plastics or if food comes in plastic, I won't eat it. That's just for the hormone driven part. Right. What about supplements? I do take supplements as well. They're mostly the hormone ones, like the DIM is one. Make sure I get a lot of greens, calcium, glutamate. Gut health, I found, uh, was probably important. So I made sure that I had, like, the enzymes or the TUD, stuff like that, the probiotics. Right. Becky, did you tell your daughter that you had breast cancer? I did, because I was gearing up that I... You know, where was she going? I was going to die. What's going to happen to her? One day I'm here and the next day I'm gone and she wouldn't know. So I did tell her, yes. That must have been incredibly <laughs> difficult to do. Yeah. At first there was a lot of nights of I just stayed awake crying, kind of looking at her while she slept because that was the most drastic part. Huh. I have one daughter and I seriously, now I'm going to die. Like this, it's a hard yeah. pill to swallow. Did you tell her you received the all clear in May? I did. I did. Yeah. She knew yeah. from me talking to her and the stuff that I was doing, she knew the words NED. So when I came back from my scan and I said, I got to talk, she said, oh, did you get NED? And I said, well, yes, <laughs> no, I did. Yeah. Oh, isn't that nice? Yeah. Wonderful. So when you changed your diet, which I think is really critical, 
Corey's talked about this on many, many occasions that people who really wanted to beat what they're dealing with have to change their diet and start eating properly. Were you overweight at all? Yes. Yes, I was. I lost 50 pounds, 50, 55 pounds in total since June of 2021 to, well, I dropped it very drastically. The doctors were very concerned, you know. <laughs> so by the time January had hit, I had lost 50 pounds. She means she looks great, doesn't she, Corey? Yeah, I was just going to say, you look the picture of health. Yeah, you look amazing. Yeah, I shouldn't have been so overweight as what I was, but it's the world we live in, you know? Yeah. So when you stop eating the pizzas and the French fries and the, the takeout, then it comes off pretty fast, actually. Did you miss that food at all? No. And I haven't went back to what one would call mm. a normal life since I was told that I had no signs of cancer. The fear of dying right now is outweighs all the others. Like I said about the suppositories, like the diet, I, I jump in the salt water in January, January 1st, I jump in the salt water. These are all just things that like, I kind of just say in my head, like, what's the ladder? The ladder is to die. And, and I might as well live life now. So we all are, are going to die. But I shouldn't be afraid to jump in the salt water. I shouldn't be afraid to, to use suppositories. I shouldn't want that pizza more than I want to live. And I don't. So every now and again, like I cook supper for my daughter and myself every night. I'll cook stuff for her that I don't eat. Like maybe I might make a pizza. I don't mm -hmm. eat it. I'll look at it. And there's nothing in me that tells me I want to eat that pizza. Nothing. Because I, I don't want to go back to the possibility of death coming sooner than later. Yeah, I don't want to say fear, but your desire to live is greater than having a piece of pizza, which can be yes. harmful to you. Yes. Y yeah, that's that's fantastic. Were you open with your daughter about your cannabis use? Yes, previous. She has grown up in a household where at the age of like four, she would ask if, if those gummies are for her or for adults. So I had told her from an early age that, you know, she, she can't accidentally eat them. So I had to tell her that they were adult gummies and always ask before you're going to eat these things. So she has seen it. She's been fully aware and it's a normal part of her life. It, it should be a normal part of a lot of people's lives. There's nothing wrong with it. It's, it's obviously very helpful. Do you have to go back for scans regularly now? Yes, they want to do scans every three months. I said, no, I don't want the unnecessary radiation. I had said no from the start. So that's why my scans were six months apart, because that's how I said I wouldn't go any less than six months apart. And so now they want me to do them every three months. So I said, no. And she said every six months. And I said, no. I said, I would rather if I had symptoms of some kind that was concerning I would be open to a scan, but I don't want to just have radiation for the, the heck of it. So they're not really on board with that, but mm. I'm pretty strong. I'll, I'll stick up for myself. So it's, that's how it's going to go. In my mind, that's how it's going to go. Corey, you're 10 years on. I've never asked you this. Do you have regular scans? The last scan I had was about a year and a half ago. Mm. Yeah. So I don't do it every year. I'm not feeling the need. I'm fine. Yeah. yeah. You know. And your doctor's okay with that, is she? Are they? Well, they're as okay as they can be, you betcha. <laughs> well, yeah. That's about my opinion, too. Yeah, they're, they're going to have to. I'm the person that helps the receptionist's family, et cetera. Yeah, they're fine with <laughs> it. 
<laughs> yeah, we're, we're fine. How much are you doing for a maintenance dose? Uh, two, 200 milligrams, sometimes 300. Okay, good. Is that what I should do? I would definitely stay at that. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Yeah. Err on the side of caution. You've come this far. Yeah, I think you're going to be great, given the fact that you've changed your diet and your regular use of cannabis oil. Don't you, Corey? I think she's going to be fine. Yeah, I think she'll be fine, too. Yeah, absolutely. And, yeah, just carry on. And, and you've got the right attitude, Becky. I mean, a lot of people who have more of a negative attitude will give in to their desires for comfort. Yes. And I also find there's a lot of people that will listen to their oncologists. And I get why we put them on a pedestal, like they know everything about everything. But I just want to be clear that if I had listened to them, then I wouldn't have changed my diet and exercise, I would have stopped all cannabis use and never would have attempted anything that Corey had said. And I don't think I would be where I am today, I would probably be where she told me I was going to be. So I mean, if you're sitting in that oncologist's office and they're saying to you, there's no hope, there's always hope. But I don't think there is any when you're listening to them. They don't want to hear it. And even when they asked me why I'm losing all kinds of weight, and I had said, I don't know, I said, I'm gone vegan. And they said, well, why would you do that? And I said, why not? And, and she said, well, did you st still drink your coffee? Because I used to drink a lot of coffee. Like, it went through my veins. And I totally stopped drinking coffee, too. I don't drink coffee anymore. And so she said, you still drink the coffee? And I said, no, I, I gave up the coffee. And she's, why are you limiting yourself? And I said, I'm not really limiting myself. And she said, well, if you really liked coffee before and you're not drinking it now, I feel like you're limiting yourself. And at this point, she said, I feel like it's best if you don't limit yourself. You know, kind of trying to tell me, well, you're going to die. So... Go out with a bang made, you know, don't be trying anything. <laughs> so I got no support from them and, and any front whatsoever. And I had said nothing wrong with cutting out some sugar. And she said, well, there's no scientific data that supports that. You know that, right? Oh and I, my said, God. I said, I said, no, no scientific data, but that don't mean that, that, you know, you shouldn't do it. Oh, wow, man. Wow. You, this, this doctor sounds like. Yeah. Did what? they go to medical school and all? <laughs> this was two now remember two, two. that's that's right how long did they give you to live I, I had asked that question when when they had said you know stage four and i sat in the room for about 45 minutes while my dad and the, the doctors talked about my death so it's a really weird feeling when you're sitting in a room and other people are talking about your death like planning it type deal so i had said like how how many years and her exact words were Five years is, is probably a stretch. Well, you're going to show her. <laughs> you're yeah. going to show them all. Yep. Hopefully. Yeah, you'll be a grandmother at one point. I want to be. That was a thought that crossed my head. <laughs> <laughs> Becky, it's been a pleasure to talk to you. Do you have any advice for people who may be considering the use of cannabis oil? Yes. Do it. Just do it. You, you have to weigh the pros and cons. And if you're facing some hard turmoil like cancer, try anything. Like, that's what life's all about. Try it. Because the latter is, is not trying. The latter is giving up. 
And too many people do that. Too many people get the diagnosis of cancer and give up in their head. You can't let your head tell you to give up. you got to tell yourself, and I tell myself, I've told myself, I'm healthy, I'm happy, I'm healthy, I'm happy, I'm cancer-free. I've repeated this in my head for the last year. Anytime where I'm getting some negative thoughts, I tell myself, no, no, that's not true. They're not right. No, this is going on my schedule. This is my life, my schedule. You just need to be strong enough to do anything, including cannabis. You're remarkable. You're you're like a breath yeah. of fresh air, isn't she? And she's just yeah. she is. She absolutely you're, you're, you is. You really are like a breath of fresh air. I mean, there are people that would have bowed to that pressure from the oncologists, and you just stood your ground. Good on you. I mean, what you've accomplished is amazing. And as we said earlier, you look the picture healthy. You look amazing. Your your mindset is so important. Now, Bob talked about that in the interview that we did last week with the pancreatic mm-hmm. cancer, and I actually just put out a live video the other day and talked about the power of the mind is so huge. And yeah, I am happy. I am healthy. I love, I am loved. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's all so important and good on you. And you guys are angels. And if anybody has the opportunity to talk to you guys, I tell anybody that asks me now, they got cancer, go on to cannabis health radio, look at those forums, the always help support group on Facebook, Corey Yellen, Look at them all and and try that route because I really do believe that this is what worked and it's unfortunate we live in a world that isn't acknowledging it. So you kind of got to take a step back and why? Why aren't they acknowledging it? Is it money reasons? Whatever it is, then don't let the government's money cause your death. Yeah, absolutely. Very well said, Becky. Thank you very much for doing this. Thank you, guys. Hey, Corey. Thank you so much, because I know I wouldn't be here if you didn't take the time to talk to me. Yeah, we love Corey. Yes, we do. Yes, we do. (laughs) Thanks, Becky. You rock. (laughs) So do you. (laughs) Thank you. Take care. Okay, bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to Cannabis Health Radio. For more information and to search previous podcasts, visit our website, CannabisHealthRadio.com. Subscribe so you don't miss new episodes. And follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. This podcast is made possible by donations from our listeners. If you found the information helpful, please consider making a donation in any amount through our website. You can also help us share our message by leaving a review on your podcast listening platform. We are very grateful for your support. Thank you. Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. Are you looking for the next great cannabis business to invest in? Then you need to check out the MJ Bulls podcast. Hi, I'm Dan Humston. Join me each week as I speak to both cannabis entrepreneurs who are raising capital and cannabis investors who are investing capital. Our 10-minute episodes are perfect for the busy investor. Start listening to the MJ Bulls podcast today, wherever you listen to podcasts, and who knows, maybe you'll discover the next cannabis unicorn.